the rest of business is going to be hard. There's no doubt there. So if you can make just a few things easier, like building an audience, it, it just makes sense. Because having people that pay attention is the, the foundation of every single business. Doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter what you sell. For Milo, I'm Brandon Hull, and this is Freelance to Founder, where we tell the stories of entrepreneurs who've scaled their businesses to be much bigger than themselves, even if they're a company of one. This is season six, episode number two. And for this episode, we head to an island well away from the major city off the mainland of British Columbia, Canada. This is the story of Paul Jarvis. And after a short break, you're going to hear how he escaped the corporate world, grew his own business, started a company of one, and how he defines growth, as well as where he's at today. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses, and you can do the same in order to learn real-life conversation skills in a different language. Order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. A young man has grown from an unfortunate, bedridden condition in his youth to one of the most creative one-man businesses around. He's done it by embracing the same counterculture thinking he was captivated by in his earliest years. That creative thinking led to him finding his place as a designer, then a freelancer, a podcaster, a course developer, and now an author with an established publishing company. He's deep into the hundreds and hundreds of thousands in annual revenue, and he got there through a unique combination of escaping civilization while at the same time finding his audience. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. I think I was probably meant to be a creative by virtue of my physical body. Just a sentence I never thought I would say today or any day, to be honest. But I was really sick. Like I spent a lot of time uh, like in bed and alone with my thoughts. And so I drew, I, I wrote stories. Like I just spent a lot of time being creative because I did, couldn't do a whole lot for long stretches of time. So that's just kind of, and that never went away. I still like my job is still drawing and writing. 
Yeah, so it was just things where it was just make believe of, of of a life that uh, yeah that could be lived. So there's a really good quote that's attributed to uh, the Stoic Seneca that says, "I judge you unfortunate because you have never lived through misfortune. You've passed through life without an opponent. No one can ever know what you're capable of. Not even you." While the young Paul Jarvis faced misfortune, he has not passed through life without an opponent. Today, we know him as a great success. Today, Paul Jarvis is known for Chimp Essentials, a course where he teaches entrepreneurs and freelancers to get more out of the email service MailChimp. But he's also known for Creative Class, which is a course he puts out twice a year for freelancers to learn how to run their businesses as businesses covering everything from branding to pricing to growth to processes. He also self-published Everything I Know, a book about building businesses and serving communities. He's recently created Fathom, a privacy-focused web analytics service, and I'm not even covering everything here. His latest offering is the book Company of One. If that list sounds hard to get your arms around, consider this. I don't really plan for the future, but as long as I'm like happy and content and focused in the present, those things kind of work themselves out. And that's how it was back then and kind of how it is now, where as long as I'm focused on now, that later will will work itself out, hopefully. So these seeds were sown early for Paul, obviously, but numerous times I've told you about entrepreneurs who started down the path of heading to university only to drop out later when a product or a side project they were working on blew up uh, in a good way blew up. Yeah, I'm going to tell you that again. Paul launched a fun website while he was at university called Pseudo Dictionary that went viral. It led to numerous offers to join web design agencies, which he ultimately decided to pursue. No, it, it totally like I still have the issue of Wired from like the 90s when they mentioned that. And it's funny because like I was in school at the time for computer science. Like I was in school to be a programmer, but it just wasn't captivating enough like it didn't hold my attention enough like i got finished assignments so i could get to work programming other things like <clears throat> like the pseudo dictionary yeah that was the first thing that i made like something i made on the internet that like i was getting interviewed for like am radio like morning talk shows and in wired magazine and stuff like that and it's just like this is kind of neat. This seems more like I can apply the things I know that I'm kind of already know in school and I can just do the things. Like why stick out another three years to get the degree when I could just do the things? I was getting job offers at that point. So it's just like, I'm already getting job offers at the salary that I wanted and doing the job I wanted. Do I need to stick it out? And for me, it was a no. A huge no. He said no, and he didn't come back. He didn't need to, and he's never regretted it. Paul joined an agency. He began a short career in web design and stuck with that for about a year. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing. Like, I really enjoyed the work in so much as I loved doing the design work. I loved interacting with the clients. I just didn't like the way the agency was run. So I was like, I could just work at a different agency. Like, I just need to find a better agency that's a fix. I like clients. I like design. I just need to find a better place to do that type of work. feels like the first half of my life was living for other people. And I think for most people, that's kind of the case. Like you listen to your parents, you listen to well-intentioned adults making decisions for you because you need that. 
but I think there does come a point where you have to be like, okay, whose life is this? Like, is this mine or is this um, my parents or my guidance counselor or my teacher's lives? And for me, it was a different, it was a different path. And I'm glad I took it now. But at the time I was like, I don't know. Ooh, I almost want to play that for you again. (laughs) Whose life is this? There's the question to ask yourself, folks. Paul lives in the moment. There's a thoughtful thread to all of his projects, but he is absolutely focused on the now. There's almost no single decision in our lives that is going to make it unchangeable in the future. Like, it's really hard to get to a place where that's the case, I think. Like, I've been down so many roads where it hasn't worked out or it's been the wrong decision. But then you backtrack, make better decisions and move forward in another direction. And that's kind of the way that life goes. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, but stick around right after this break. We dive into how Paul encourages freelancers to focus and own their work. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's going to want to take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. What if I just work for myself and then I get to make the rules about how I treat clients and how I deal with projects? And I think I went to the library to look up how to start a sole proprietorship and on in Toronto, Canada, in Toronto, Ontario, Canada instead, because I was just like, if I have to start a business, I don't know how to start a business. Like, I honestly have no idea. I had never thought until that exact day, I'd never thought about working for myself or starting a business. 
So I had zero, like my knowledge started at exactly zero at that point. So at the time, I like I started a, a bit a freelance business with a full roster of clients. I like day two after day one of looking up how to start a business, I had a full schedule, which not everybody starts with. I realize, but what people were telling me, especially other people in the industry, was that well, you're pop, you're very popular. Like you do good work. Like hire some people. Like grow this into an agency. Like you, this is a good like freelancing is a good stopgap but you're doing well enough that you can grow. One of the things that Paul told me at this point in the interview was that he didn't want the byproduct of success to have to be growth. He started this freelance business with a full roster of clients, yes, but over the next 12 years, he freelanced happily with no desire to grow exponentially. Maybe like you're doing right now. He did web design work, lots of it, He selected his clients really carefully. He was deliberate in everything that he did. And I don't have a lot to report to you on how he viewed this aspect of his career that you can't pick up through his own podcast, Creative Class. But I can tell you that he did still hit a crossroads. Yeah, I mean, it's really just the separation of of time spent and money earned. So when you're a freelancer, regardless of whether you're charging by the hour or by the deliverable or by value, there's still an association of if I do this work, I get paid this much money, however you slice it. Whereas products are you do the work and in the hopes of making money later. And that had always been interesting to me um, that this was a viable option. And I was learning from the all my clients at the time were women. So I was learning from these women who were doing this and building these these businesses and just being really smart about how they were setting things up in a way that kind of worked for their life instead of being left with a life after your finished work. I was like, this is just so interesting. Like I want to like I want to try this. I was I was freelancing for probably 12 or 13 years before I started thinking about, hey, what if I add products to the mix? And then it was another two and a half years from being a full-time freelancer to going to full-time product person. Products and productized services. That is the ticket, friend. Uh, Paul didn't have a blueprint to follow in building his, but he did have a plan because of the audience he decided to target. I see my audience as, as a wider slice than most creators. Like most creators are like, why well, I, I work with, or I try to try to like reach designers or developers or entrepreneurs. And for me, it's more of I, I'm trying to reach a person of a certain mindset. And most of them do work for themselves in some capacity, but mostly they're, I guess, willing to challenge um, what currently exists and what is currently said as this is the way you do things to approach things from a more counterintuitive or a more, let's actually try this other way and see if it works, as opposed to this is the path, this is the one path, this is the blueprint, this is the way we do things. Paul feels strongly that one thing creators miss is that you can pick your audience. You can pick the people you're surrounded with, that you collaborate with, and you should surround yourself with customers and people you like who share the same ideas. In fact, you really, really, really must do this. Like, I still think it's important to, you can always go wider or change, but I do think, 
like it's hard like if i wanted to reach the internet with a product i don't actually know how to do that other than spending gobs of money like i don't know how to reach everybody but i know that if i break it down and keep breaking it down till i can see similarities in terms of like what people want where people spend their time and what people are interested in if I can start to define that, then I can figure out a niche. And it may be a bit broader than how a lot of people determine uh, their niche or their niche or however you want to say it. If I reach, say, an audience with one thing, then I can become known in that audience. And then if I build another thing, I don't have to build up that cred again. So I would rather keep making products for the same type of person and the same type of audience because they already know me. They've heard my name. They've seen me on podcasts. Like I've I've shown up in their world and their sphere enough times that there's that trust and that relationship that can be built. He knows what people want from him because he has embedded himself in a specific community. He knows who his audience is because he's never gone on a tangent to pursue another type of client or customer. He's looking for a person with a certain type of mindset. Yeah, I mean, it's never a bad idea to start with audience. And then your audience is going to show you what the product is that you should build. And I mean, it, it's it's less riskier to do that. Because if you build an, I like I look at my buddy James Clear, who built a mailing list of like two or three or four hundred thousand. I can't even keep track as mailing list grows so fast. But he worked on sharing ideas and opinions first. And it was only years later that he built, I think, one course. And now he has Atomic Habits, which is like a gazillion bestseller. It's a great book as well. But like he started with an audience because if you start with an audience, if you start with building an audience and you start with building relationships with an audience, and more importantly, you start with trust with an audience, then they'll show you the way. They'll show you like, hey, I like all of the things I make. It's because people are like, hey, Paul, I, I, I need this or I wish you did this or why don't you sell this? And then it's like, if enough people say that, then it's like, hmm. So you need to get granular enough that you can be like, okay, this is the these are the people I want to reach. Who's reaching them now? And maybe that means like writing guest posts or <clears throat> building something for them that other people will talk about to lead you to them or to lead them to you, sorry. Or maybe it means like doing interviews on shows where those people listen. Like y- they're already giving their attention to someone or something else, you need to figure out how you can slide into that and and just take up some space in their attention because their attention's elsewhere. So you need to find a way to just kind of like butt in. So you start kind of like, up here, I talk about this in one of my courses, you need to become a blip on their radar. Okay, let's take one last break here before we hit the home stretch with a lightning round of insights from Paul that every freelancer and aspiring entrepreneur will want to hear. I would be bored if I was just an author or just making one software product or just teaching one course. I would be bored. I like doing lots of different things. But I also know that I don't want to be bit like busy as a default state is hard to maintain. And I've done this for a long time. So I don't want like I know that that how detrimental that is. So I like having lots of different pieces, but I focus on one at a time. What makes Paul Jarvis differ from so many of our past guests, and I don't mean all of them, but uh, many of them, is that he's known for several different products. Some know him for this, some know him for that, which is just cool to hear. Some people want to help others by solving one problem their whole careers, and some people are like Paul. He helps some people solve MailChimp, others solve website analytics challenges, others he's helped get their creative business in order so they fall back in love with freelancing, 
And now others, with his book Company of One, he's wanting to help conquer the external pressure to grow at the sake of growing. Maybe you're holding yourself back for practical reasons or real-world logistic reasons or financial reasons, but I asked Paul what he encounters most that holds people back who want to start freelancing more or go full-time with their freelancing, but don't. Yes, confidence. That's the, that's the, like, whatever the question is that we're asking, we do live Q&A calls for an hour or more at a time. We posted, I guess, three seasons of the show. We talked to freelancers in the Slack. It all comes back to confidence. Like, every single question or every single concern or every single, like, inhibitor is confidence-related. We all start out being good at the skill we have, like whether we're designers or developers or writers or whatever, but we like not very many of us, like myself included, like we don't start out with the the business skills or the confidence skills or the communication skills. And that's why that's why Kaylee and I teach that course is because we want people who are good at what they do to be better at the things they have to do now. We should be allowed, and in fact we are allowed to determine what success is and what enough is and what we want. Like if it's my business, I should get to decide what that business looks like. That's just the nature of why it's harder to work for yourself, but it gives you more options to make choices. Across his numerous creations, books, courses, WordPress plugins, Paul is doing between a quarter and half a million in revenue, possibly just more than that. I asked him what final advice he'd give someone who was where he was 12 years ago fighting through the grind of a freelance life that requires you to spin up new clients regularly. And this is what he said. The rest of business is going to be hard. There's no doubt there. So if you can make just a few things easier, like building an audience, it, it just makes sense. Because having people that pay attention is the, the foundation of every single business. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter. Now here's what one sell. last bonus gem for you. In his new book, Company of One, Paul challenges the notion that growth is always good. We recorded this interview before it was out, but it's available now at all the major booksellers. In it, he says unequivocally, a company of one is simply a business that questions growth. It's more just the idea that growth is is optional. And even with the title, like it, it isn't like I'm not a one person business. I've got a bunch of partners and a bunch of freelancers that work with me. The examples through the book are companies that are like 20, 30 people sometimes. And so it's just like Tim Ferriss didn't write four hour work week because he thought everybody should work four hours and stop. It's more of like a mindset. And so I just felt like now is the right time for this as well, because like we're kind of inundated with this like growth is always good, always beneficial, always like infinite. And I think that that should be challenged because I think growth makes sense a lot of times. Like there's, especially in the beginning, like you have to grow from zero to get to somewhere. But I think there become, there comes a point that's different for everybody where growth may not make sense or optimizing for what you have may make more sense than That's growth. his new message from challenging yourself, serving a specific community to questioning blind growth. That's the story of Paul Jarvis, author of Company of One, founder of Chimp Essentials, Creative Class, Fathom Analytics, WP Complete, and many more. Check him out at pjrvs.com. That's it for this episode of Freelance to Founder. Coming up in our next episode, Chelsea Baldwin, founder of 
getcopypower.com. She's got a supremely non-traditional founder story that you're going to love. For all of us in Milo, and as a proud member of the Podglomerate Network, this is Freelance to Founder with Brandon Hull. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.